Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Luke chapter 15 and verse 12, it says, And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided them his livelihood. What this younger son is asking for is his inheritance, and he is obviously a brat. And Jesus is trying to paint him, and I'm being very kind when I say brat. I could use some expletives here in in describing this younger son. He's not a good guy at all. Very entitled, very ugly in his, in his, his demands. And you have to understand that th- this was the way that it worked, of course. The father, if he had two sons, then he's going to divide his inheritance into thirds, and the first son gets two-thirds, and the, the younger son gets one-third. If he had four sons, it would be you know, divided into fifths, because the first son is always going to get two, two portions of the inheritance because with those two portions, he takes care of himself and he also takes care of his parents. And so that was the responsibility. But what we have here is a man who is probably still working the farm. It doesn't tell us, but he's probably still working the farm. He's still, you know, trying to exist and survive. And usually you have everything you have until he decides, okay, it's time for me to retire and I'm going to stop working and my, my wife and I, we're just going to kind of take our rest after a long life of work, and we're going to enjoy our retirement as our older son takes care of us, and then I can divide up the property and give part of it to my younger son and, and retire, or he dies. And he, he's dead, and now the property goes to whoever, and he takes care of his mom, the widow, or whatever. But that's not happened here. This is a son who's initiating this, which was absolutely inappropriate, but this son comes to him and says, Dad, I want my inheritance. Give me what's coming to me. Give me what I deserve. And if he gave him what he deserved, he probably deserved a swift kick in the rear end, right? Not not his father would give him his inheritance, but I guess if there's a miracle in this passage, it shows the heart of the father, he gives it to him. He sells stuff off or whatever he needed to do to liquidate, to bring to cash or to goods and give it to his son, this younger son who is, his, is taking it. And, and of course we understand this parable as is, is the heart of, this heart of this father is the same heart that we see in God. And so you have to remember that, that's the way God is. God sometimes, he, he gives us what we don't deserve, doesn't he? He blesses us, even when we're prodigal, even when we're a mess, he, he still provides for us and he still takes care of us. In fact, the Bible tells us that in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, it says he makes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust. Now, I know in Christian music, a lot of times rain is portrayed as a bad thing. You know, even when it's raining, I'll still praise you. That's ridiculous. Of course, rain means you get to eat because your crops are watered, Right? 
And so when he says, he's not talking about, he blesses some with the sunshine and he curses some with the rain. No, he's saying, I'm blessing even the good and the evil. He sends his rain. He sends good to both and they both enjoy it. And God does that. He blesses those who are undeserving. And we see that picture here as he gives this son everything that he's worked his entire life for. His livelihood, it says here. He has worked his entire life, and now he's surrendering this to his son, who is also surrendering to his fate. He's surrendering his son to his fate. It's difficult when you're a parent to let your children make their own decisions. It's difficult. I mean, when they get older and you're, you, know, you look at them and you're like, man, these kids are not making good decisions. You know, you want to control. You want, you know... Especially, I'm just going to say it, this is so stereotypical, but especially the moms, right? Because <laughs> you gave birth to that child, and they better do what you want them to do, right? And so it's, it's a hard thing to let go of that. And this father, he's just letting go. He's just, okay, here you go. I'm going to let go. You know, there, just to maybe help out, I don't know if this is helpful or not, but there, there are stages of parenting. It doesn't just, you know, just don't just parent your kids the same. And you probably figured this out if you have any kids, you know, of any age. When they're little, you, you parent them different than when they're teenagers. You know, when you're teenagers, I think it was Mark Twain said, put them in a barrel and feed them through a hole. And when they, when they turn 16, plug the hole. <laughs> I'm, I'm still thinking that might be a good idea. But no. So, so kind of the stages of parenting. This is real. I'm not joking now. But when they're one through seven, it's the law. You're giving them the law. You're telling them the rules. This is yes and this is no. You are, you're a cop. You know, you're just policing your, the behavior of your children one through seven. But then something happens. There's a change of life there as they turn eight. And now they're a little bit more cognitively aware, and they're more socially aware, and they're more emotionally intelligent. And so you switch from the law, and you move to the gospel. And this is where you're really, during the 8 to 12, you're really sharing the meaning and the understanding of the gospel with your kids, and you become kind of a coach, a life coach to your kids. You're coaching them through those years. You know, just like a coach on a, on a football team or a, or a soccer team, you are coaching them from 8 to 12 and kind of helping them, showing them the ropes, this is how you do it and this is why, and all of that. So you move from cop to coach, and then from 13 to 25, you become a counselor. Okay, you can't be a cop. And they won't let you be a coach, right? You know, right? You have to be a counselor. Well, I guess, you know, that's a big decision to make. What are you going to do? You know, some people do this and other people do that. You know, you kind of just become that counselor. Like, hey, you know, here I am. I'm here if you need me. I, you know, I'm, I'm open to give you advice. One thing you can't do is, as an older, I mean, when your kids get older, you can never freak out. What does it mean to freak out? To be excited when they do something good? Don't do that. To be angry and explosive when they do something bad. Don't do that. You just have to be kind of deadpan. Well, that's the way it is. Oh, good job. That sounds good. Looks like you did a good job on that grade. You know, keep that up. You know, because if you freak out, they are so emotionally unstable, they cannot handle it. They tell you that. You know, I mean, the, the books say, tell us this. But, but it's just, it's one of those things that we have to learn as parents. Okay, there's a certain phase when I have to trust the parenting of the cop years which really form them and then the coach years which shape them and then the council years which I'm letting them go and and you know just kind of working through things with them you know I remember one mom came to me one time and she said man my daughter she's she's promiscuous she's been 
with her boyfriend and stuff, and I just don't know what to do about it. And I said, well, and she, she said, should I put her on birth control? She's like, should I put her on birth control? And I, and I just said, well, you know, no. You can't bail her out. You can't bail her out. I said, you know, just tell her, I'm not going to put you on birth control, but I will be embarrassed with you when you're pregnant. And she got pregnant, and she was embarrassed with her when she was pregnant. And, you know, I think it spoke a lot to her, and, and, and she, you know, she's doing great now. But it's just, it's a difficult thing as a parent to work through those things. And oftentimes, we're, we're, we're more concerned about our own image, aren't we, sometimes with our kids. But we have, to, we have to realize that this is about, you know, being a good parent to them and helping to shape and form them and praying and praying and praying and praying. And so here's this father who sees his son. He's grown. He's an adult, and he wants to go. And so, okay, here you go, son. Verse 13, And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeying to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there rose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. So he didn't waste any time getting away from home, and he went to a faraway country because he wants to do things away from his parents where they don't know what's going on. But they do know what's going on. In fact, it, it, the word comes back, even as far away as he went, the word still comes back, and they know, as his brother says later, he's wasted his money on harlots and partying. That's what he's done. And they know it. And, and, and yet he goes away. His father's taken this lifetime to gather all of this, and he wastes it in a very short period of time with prodigal living. Prodigal means wild and excessive in the sense of partying and wasting money. And just throwing money around, you know, thinking you have a, it's going to last forever. But then as things happen, economics change. And no matter how much money he might have had, a severe famine hits the land. Now, I don't know that any of us in this room, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think anybody here has ever experienced severe famine. We've seen it from afar on TV. If you're old enough, like back in the early 80s, I remember Ethiopia. Remember that? Ethiopia, some of you older folks remember that. And, and, you know, there was a famine in Ethiopia, and there's been famines in other places, a lot of times in Africa, where the climate's just so, and everything dies, or the locusts come through and eat everything, and, and it wasn't like it is today. I mean, we, we get upset when we lose our toilet paper, right? And we, we're, we talk about that still. You remember when there wasn't any toilet paper? Oh my goodness, it was awful. You know, like the worst thing ever happened to me, you know? It's ridiculous. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccmit.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.